Welcome to Holy and Whole, the podcast. We're so glad you've joined us. Today, our discussion is Transition to Glory, a class Pastor Scott will be offering in June of 2022. Let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Holy and Whole, the podcast. Uh, Pastor Luke here with Pastor Scott, who is all jacked up on three shots of espresso. Ooh, praise the Lord, baby. <laughs> he, Scott, Scott. Is had all this espresso today because he was so excited about the topic at hand, and so it's just me and me and him today uh, because we are talking about what is actually a very important topic. Hence, the reason we need all the espresso. Uh, how would you say it, Scott? The end of transitioning to glory. Transitioning to glory. So, if you haven't heard, uh, coming up June eighth. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's May tenth, but June eighth. Uh, there's going to be a class here at Nashville United Methodist Church called Transition to Glory. Now, I was going to end call it the end-of-life class, but then we decided we weren't sure who would come to this class if it was just people approaching the end of their life. So instead of calling it the end-of-life class and having it be negative, we changed it to Transition to Glory so it's positive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, well, let me ask it. Regardless of the name, why are we even having a class like this? Well, um, every single person is going to face the end of their life. They're going to um, transition, hopefully, to glory. So we want to talk about the gospel, as always, for for um, for each one of us as we moved um, towards glory, but also at the end of our lives, there are many different decisions that have to be made, and it's much better to make them um, in the season of joy and discussion and love than it is in a moment to have to make a decision um, that you're not really sure what your loved one would want. So, so these are incredibly important conversations um, that will bring peace hopefully to the hearer to all who attend but also be an instrument of peace for family members and loved ones who um, remain here when we transition into glory yeah because that is a raw time in a life right a time of mourning and grieving when when you are mourning the grieving Mm. the recent death of a loved one amen and so for me, you know, as a 36-year-old, I have had the opportunity as a pastor to see what families go through, yes. which not many people, unless you're in pastoral ministry, would, would see this stuff. So I feel like I've seen things that have caused me to even have conversations with my parents, Amen. right, to go like, wait a minute, this has turned into a big issue for in this family. Yes. And a lot of heartbreak came that didn't need to be there, where it was like, Instead of the family being able to mourn and grieve yes. in the right way, they're kind of bickering and fighting. Yes, and it's, it's not helpful. We, we need to strive to glorify God in every single situation. We don't shy away from the fact that that this is going to happen. We're told in Scripture that that our bodies are like a tent, um, that we're going to transition into glory, that our lives are like a breath. Um, so we are going to die. Now, praise the Lord, we have a Savior who conquered death, that we can um, be given eternal life. But in our glory in heaven, 
there are still a number of things that happen at the end of our lives and after we pass and go to glory that could be done joyfully or they could be done um, in really causing great heartache and harm to families. And, and oftentimes we think about this being um, financial, like, of course, we should have wills and, and, and distribute assets and things like that. But if we were able to step back instead of just thinking about money, we could think about really joyful things. Imagine for a second. Imagine for a second. Um, I have a great Aunt Cecile that gave my parents two vases, right? Now, we don't know the story of those vases, but could you imagine if for the, the heirlooms, the things that were incredibly important that on the bottom of each one of those or inside of them, you wrote a card that said, this is what this this vase means. This is who gave it. This is why we're giving it to you so that you know the story. It's not just a bowl. It's the bowl that your grandmother was given uh, for, uh, during her wedding. You know, things like that. There's such joy and power that can be transferred. In, in um, So it's not just a bowl, but it's it's an heirloom. So there's many things right. like that. So that's, that's one thing in, in finances. You know, there's there's enough people who disagree about finances and things. But imagine for a second if we were adults and we said, during this season of time, how best can I glorify God? Um, there are all kinds of things we can do. One thing that we could do is we can encourage people to write letters, letters to their loved ones, right? Just to tell them how important they are and how much they love their grandkids and their children. The power of that. Um of course, there's, so we need to talk about that. We need to talk about ways of, of giving um, heirlooms to people. Um, if you're going to give your favorite um, earrings to your granddaughter, then why not give it to her now so you can see the smile on her face? You know, stuff like that. But also, there are some really important matters of uh, medical ethics that that a family member may say, you know, I want to be treated this way as I approach the end of my life. Um, and if there are, say, two brothers, and those two brothers have a differing opinion on whether or not mom should be put on a ventilator or not, that causes great heartache in a family unless mom has articulated what she wants. And if mom articulates what she wants, there's there's a beautiful document that we're going to use um, called the five wishes that can be notarized, that can talk about those things. Um, uh, do I want to be resuscitated? Well, that sounds like a really simple thing, but like if I fall in cold water next year and they can like you know get me back, I want to come back. But do I want to be resuscitated later in life? And and do I want to be put on machines to live? And all those kind of things. All of those things need to be addressed in joyful, prayerful way, in loving, speaking to family members, so that there's no brokenness afterwards. There's no brokenness. We don't want to leave brokenness in a family. And if we believe that we're going to heaven then then it, it's a different conversation. You know, if, if mom's going to go to heaven now or we put her on a ventilator and she'll go sometime later when we unplug her, well, she's still going to glory. So it becomes a different conversation. So there's, there's lots of stuff like that. Um, so we will talk about a letter to write. We'll talk about financial assets. We'll talk about wills. Now, for you, 
the most important thing would be, and I hope and pray nothing ever happens to you and Anna, but if something happens to you and Anna, who's going to raise your children? And in what way? And and how do you want them to be raised? So so you need to write that down and make yeah. sure that someone knows you, your right. wishes. So let me piggyback off that. So, so being a 36-year-old, mm-hmm. right, I think we did our will, I think right after we had a kid, Amen. perhaps, you know. So what would you say to someone in their, like, 20s or 30s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Isn't this a class for them? Could be. Right? Could be. I, I mean, I... You know, I think about all these different things of um, we want to be free. We spend a lot of time thinking about retirement, right, and preparing <laughs> for retirement. Yes. And we don't even know if we're really going to get a long retirement or, or whatnot. But we do know we're dying. Yes. Every one of us, we are dying. Yes. You've heard it here, right? Yes. How are we preparing to, could we say die well, right? How yes. are we praying to die well and to love and to love our loved ones uh, and, and and set them free uh, to be able to mourn and grieve with with hope? Because if to your point, if they're bogged down with all these other stuff, they're not able to mourn and grieve. Amen. Amen. Like like, like they need to. Amen. Right. And and families need to be drawn together, not ripped apart. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for example, for example, um, if you. If someone you love dies and you go to the funeral home, it's your mom who dies. You go to the funeral home and you and the funeral director says, "Well, your mom deserves the very best." Well, so I should spend fifteen thousand dollars on a casket to put my mom's dead body in the ground, and then I need to preserve it. So I need to spend thousands of dollars on a vault and all of these things. Well, in that moment of grief, I can be strapping my my family with financial responsibilities that really mom and dad should have talked about and taken care of. Um, so that, you know, like for me, do, do we want to, to have mom put in the ground in a casket that's a, very expensive? Or does she want to be cremated? Well, two boys in their grief, sons in their grief, mm-hmm. should not decide that. That should be decided beforehand, and mom should write out why. Hey, I picked this out. Yeah. You know, I picked this out, and this is this is the plan. Um, so, because we're not going to be here to settle the fight, so we don't want to create any animosity between the the family members who need to cling to each other to move through the grief together and glorify God. It's about glorifying God in our lives and glorifying God in our deaths. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of there's all kinds of topics um, to discuss. Um, they're simple, but they're simple if you sit down with a piece of paper and write mm-hmm. them down. So you talked about was it the five wishes. The five Is that wishes. What you said? Yeah. Okay. Um, now, so give me just a little tidbit and, and what will we talk any about? You know, like funeral planning. Yes. So, so for instance, like you know, picking out maybe favorite hymns or scriptures. Oh, praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Yes. So, so the, I'll tell you what the meeting is. So there is no surprise. We are going to start. And we're going to pray. Second thing we're going to do is we are going to articulate the gospel message to make sure everybody in the room understands how they are given the gift of forgiveness and salvation. I um, mean, if anybody has any questions, we'll set up meetings and we'll talk to you afterwards about that because that's the most important thing. The next aspect that we will talk about is for the celebration of your life. What do you want? Um, 
do you want um, someone to, to speak? If so, then you need to talk to him beforehand. <laughs> um, what scripture passages do you want to have read? Why are they important to you? Um, what do you want to tell your family? What hymns do you want to have sung? And then why they want to be sung? Because there's incredible power as a pastor if you stand in front of the congregation and you say, um, Grandma wanted us to sing Amazing Grace for this reason because it touched her heart in this way and... and um, uh, be thou my vision for this reason. And you articulate to that to everyone so they're singing and they're celebrating during that song instead of grieving. Mm-hmm. This scripture your grandma wanted me to read because this touched her life in this way and she clung to it and she relied upon the scripture passage and she wanted me to make sure that you knew that you can rely upon the Lord in this way. There is such mm-hmm. power in that. And they may be words that she has spoken to or not, but we are blessed to be able to say this to a family. Uh, It's an incredibly different celebration of life when you're speaking the words of a loved Christian who is now in heaven back to their family. Amen? Amen, amen. It it bears witness to their life. I I think about, I guess it's probably the first death of a loved one in my family, but it was my great-grandmother, Nana. And, you know, at the end of her life, she died, I think it was 95 and, you know, she couldn't remember anything or except for um, um, not be thou my vision. Um, oh my how great goodness. thou? How great thou art. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and she, she could sing those. She, she, she couldn't remember my name, anybody's name. Amen. But she could still hum and sing that chorus. Yes. And when that's able to be shared at a funeral, that's, that's, that's different, profound. right? It, it was imprinted upon yeah. her. And the pastor can bear witness to that of like, here's why we're doing this. And yes. Instead of um, just what happens a lot, you know, is, is, well, we're not really sure what favorite scriptures or favorite hymns so-and-so had. So preacher, just pick something. And, yeah. and as a pastor, I, I'm fine to do that, but my heart does break a little bit yeah. in those situations, right? Yeah. You know, where you wish you could say, yeah, Here's why we've chosen Psalm 23. Here, here's why you know John 3 is is, is being read. So, yeah. Okay, so we'll talk about funeral. The, the, we'll talk about the services yeah, at church. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about what the funeral home needs. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain things that the funeral home needs, um, documentation and things. Um, so we'll help with that. We'll just give mm-hmm. them the information and also um, suggestions on. Uh, going to a funeral home and deciding things before it comes to that day. It's, it's just easier. When my mom passed, um, the person at the funeral home said, what would you like to say? And um, we got uh, scripture cards, and they, they were wonderful. How many would you like and all these different things? And each one of those I read and I cried. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, I wish I had already done this. And then then once, you know, my dad and I took a breath, we said, well, I like this scripture and I like the card on the other side, but I don't like this phrase. Okay. Would you take that off? Yeah. Wouldn't that have been better to have done earlier? Right. You know, right. to just glorify God. So so, it, so um, our faith, the worship service here, what the funeral home needs. Also, we'll talk some about wills and we'll give some information about wills. We'll give some life about um, information about at the medical care at the end of life, and then just discuss different things. When, when we sit in a room with people who have gone through this, we see that some people have really good ideas. Um, so let's 
articulate those, let's mm-hmm. share those, let's bubble them up, and let's begin as a church um, preparing for this. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the churches I served, I had a file drawer with the services for multiple people already done. Mm-hmm. And I had already talked to them and, and what was most important in their lives and all those things. So I had all of the bits done. Mm-hmm. So I knew that when I stood in front of the, the congregation, I could say, they were Christian. They're in heaven. This is what they wanted to say. This is their scripture. The best funeral message I ever gave, and, I, and all these people were like, that was a great message. And I said, well, praise the Lord, was because Leon Sylvester told me what he wanted me to say. Three points he wanted me to make. And I made those points, and I said, Leon told me to tell you this. It was the best message I'd ever given because it was from his heart to his loved ones. It was beautiful. Yeah. So so how about eulogies? We talk about eulogies at all as as far as... um, or obituaries or anything with that? Yeah. How you write? Uh, that? Well, I didn't. I I didn't have that on the list. Okay. But one of yeah. the things that the funeral home will need is an obituary, yeah. and and obituaries are interesting, um, for many reasons. But it's better to write them beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. better because what do you want to put in an obituary? What do you want to leave out? Right. Is the third cousin who once lived here now living in Texas? Um, do we really need to list their name? Do, do we yeah. really? And who yeah. they're married to and their children? Yeah. I mean, do we really? Right. And maybe we do, but but those kind of yeah. things should be decided. Yeah, and, and all this talk we're having to, to me, this is kind of a testimony to us witnessing to our faith that we need not be afraid of death. Oh, a- amen. Amen. Right? Yes. Amen. Amen. Like, that we're not afraid of like, yeah, okay, I, I am going to die. My loved ones are, are going to die, but... But right there's this man named Jesus, Amen, <laughs> whose promises are sure and and trustworthy, and and we know about the resurrection of the dead, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But but I feel like too that Christians, though we know our faith hinges on the resurrection of Jesus, we're still afraid of death, Amen, a, a, a little bit, Amen. Um, and so perhaps maybe this is a way where we can kind of exercise that ability to come face to face with the fact that yes, our bodies are dying, yes. Um, even though inwardly we are being renewed Amen. day after day. Amen. And, and, and for, for many, we put the dying process and death together. So we're afraid of the dying process and afraid of death, and we don't know how to articulate the difference. Um, when we die, if we're a child of God, we're going to heaven. So our death, our transition to glory, is not the issue. What happens those last few months cannot be joyful, right? The dying process isn't joyful for many. But if we're in control as much as we can be of what happens to us, it's actually freeing and it gives us peace. Mm -hmm. So to be able to say, um, if if I leave it up to Amy to decide whether or not I am put on a a respirator or on a machine, um, that's harming her. Because whatever decision she makes, she will second guess. Mm-hmm. So if I truly love my wife, which I do, then I should make that decision for her and bless her with it. And, and we don't look at this like a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like, like we are blessed, right? Yeah. We should bless people yeah. with, with even our funeral plans. Can be joyful and, and, and proclaim the gospel message in a way that's really profound. Um, so... I don't shy away from this. My dad and I are having this open conversation about this. Um, 
it's difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm speaking to my dad about it. I love my dad. When he goes to glory, I, I will be sad because I'll miss him. But um, I'll see him again. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord. But I want this to be done the way he wants it to be done. Right. So that's that's why I don't think we shy away from things. Right. It's not helpful. Speaking of not shying away from things, so how about, I don't know if it be a topic for Men of Life class, but it could be a topic now. Yep. Cremation. Oh, thoughts as opposed, obviously, as opposed to um, Hmm. casket burial. Well, it it begs the question, right? It it opens up many questions um, uh, for a person who's been married more than once. Who do you, who are you buried Mm -hmm. next to? Mm -hmm. Right. Isn't that, isn't that, you know, um, uh, that's a hard question. Um, doesn't matter if you're buried. Um, and I'm not trying to be gross, but does it matter if worms eat you or if you're burned up in fire? Mm. I, I mean, does it right. to me? I mean, and there was this great class at, at um, discussion at Duke about, well, you're, you know, you're raised, your body's raised, and you're fully restored. And somebody said, well, wait a second, so everything's put back on you? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, no, that's not right. Because every haircut you ever had, is it all put back on? So then we're laughing about, oh, we're all going to have afros in heaven, yeah, right? Yeah. right? Real long fingernails. And, and, and while that's silly, it, it makes you think. For me, I will in all likelihood be cremated. Mm-hmm. Amy has already asked to be cremated. I don't need my body to rest in the ground, mm-hmm. which begs the complexity of how's my body raised. Mm-hmm. You know, isn't it beautiful? Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. So what do you think? Yeah, well, I found that conversation to come up more and more. And I think that, to your point, whether your body's put in the ground in a casket in a vault or is spread out into the Atlantic Ocean or on your favorite mountaintop, um, the resurrection the resurrection power of Jesus is sufficient to do what the resurrection power of Jesus will do at, at that day. Right? Amen. Um, there's a lot to be said about us being good stewards mm-hmm. of our monies. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the cost of cremation versus something else, right? So $15,000 casket. So, so I see that. Um, I do get to, I've heard the argument. And, and so I'm, I still kind of on the, I'd say like, eh, you, you, in this situation, I'd say you do you, right? Yes. Um, that, that some folks want, want to be able to go to a physical space and, um, and be able to see their love, know yes. their loved one's tombstone is, is there. I think Amen. about every Easter, we go to Old Trinity Cemetery, and you know we. Amen. And and, and so that's where a big part of me is like, yeah, I think I'll, I think I might want to be buried here, right? But then the other aspect of it is, well, the financial part parts of it. But but I think too that theologically, right, we got to be very careful of saying like, no, this is the only way that it can be done, right? Yeah. I, oh, I agree. <laughs> I don't think I don't th- this that my. This wasn't a theological conversation, right? Yeah. It's a practical conversation. And for, for you, praise the Lord, your family's from there. If I had a place where my family was buried, I'd want to be buried there. I don't. Um, yeah. I, I, I couldn't tell you where two generations back were mm-hmm. buried. So and we've moved all over and all that kind of stuff. So we don't have a home plot. If we did, I would want to be buried mm-hmm. there. Just... Um, just because it's sentimental, yeah. you know. Yeah. And, and when my grand great grandkids were walking around, where 
I have been walking and three generations before me have been walking, then I would want that um, just as a lesson and a joy and all those kind of yeah. things. But yeah. I don't have that. So it, it, right. it doesn't affect So it's me. really contextual if we think about I mean, it. Amen. This right? is it, one very thing. very contextual, yeah. It can be and, contextual. And, and that's what I want to say to, to everyone is, is that don't – because I remember um, when I was reading about this way back that when cremation well, – was probably a few decades ago. It was starting to get really popular. And some arguments were that, um, well, that's a disgrace to a, to a body to, to burn it up, right? Well, could you get that? Or, or well, um, God's going to raise a body that's, that's laying in the ground. But then we think about, like, the martyrs who've come before us, mm. right? Who their bodies were burned at a stake. <laughs> it, 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 and help me, I'm vaguely familiar with the scripture that, that Adam was formed from dust, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And then See, the breath of oh, life yeah. was breathed into him? Yeah. So was it a body preformed? And if it was, right. then who preformed yeah. that body? See, and that, that does... Oh, yeah. That kind of makes me lean more towards cremation, right? Because yeah. you're like, oh, wow. I'll snap. Like, from dust you have come to dust you literally are, right? Amen. And somehow, through God's resurrection power, that dust can get some limbs and legs and heart and all Amen. that stuff again. Amen. And, yeah. and do we really want the old body anyways? Right. And which body is it going to be? Yeah, 21-year-old body. That's, well, that's going to be it. So from... I, don't want, I don't want to have life breathe into the 92-year-old body and me limping around in heaven. I want yeah. the 21-year-old yeah, body, that's praise right. the Lord. That's right. So start with dust. Yeah, yeah. And I think the fact that we can you know, laugh about this and joke about it, you, every human being should be able to do that because it's a remind, it, it reinstills in us the joy of what is coming. Amen. Right. The joy of glory. The joy of glory. Joy of glory. And, and so... For the class, the class will be joyful. I would um, ask uh, people to come who expect to go to glory someday. If they're not sure if they're going to glory, come and we'll help you. We'll mm-hmm. lead you in that way, and then we'll prepare it so that you can be a blessing to your family. Um, because we actually do want to bless our families throughout our lives and even in our deaths. So I would invite everybody to the class. And if you come to the class and say, well, that was really helpful, or you bring one thing away from it, praise the Lord. And just and maybe you come to the class to help your parents to prepare. So, yeah, and, and I'd say too, especially for folks. I mean, even if you're in your twenties, thirties, or forties, I think you should be there Amen. for this because it helps you to understand. Like, wow, what are some questions I should perhaps be asking to my parents or or my guardians or, or loved ones of when that day is obviously coming at some point to be yeah. prepared for for yeah. that. Um, I know I said this earlier, but I've. I've already started having these conversations with my parents yep. in light of the stuff I've witnessed with funeral planning with other people in the yes. church. And um, I know it's not an opportunity everybody gets, but it's just a huge blessing to everybody involved Amen. when this stuff is, is planned Amen. out. There are less questions, more joy. Yeah. And you can focus on what you should be focusing on, which is um, the person's life who you're mourning and clinging together as a body and as a family and not arguing over, well, wait a second, who gets this? Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just, and I've seen it. I've seen it countless times. So we want to avoid this. Mm-hmm. And, and if we can avoid a broken, if we can avoid a family fracture, then we should. Yeah. Amen. Anything else? Mm-hmm. No, I think I'm good. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a great class. So it's June 8th. Um, at 6.15, and I believe it's going to be in Braz, Braswell Hall, yes. Braswell Hall, Nashville Methodist Church, Nashville, North Carolina, um, formerly known as end of, end of Life class now. 
transition, transition to, to glory. glory. <laughs> it's going to be good. And I hope it'll be a, a yearly thing or by, you know, like, yes. yeah, yearly thing would be great because um, it's important stuff. So, yeah. All right. Well, good conversation. Thanks. Okay. I hope to see you all there. All right. Everybody take care. Thanks for joining us today. And God bless. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today on Holy and Whole, the podcast. We certainly appreciate you joining in. We hope you'll join us next time on your favorite listening platform. Go in grace. Go in peace. Bye.